is the event open mics is um, like I said before they really play a significant part in the in the culture of any uh, any community. But the thing about open mics is, uh, generally speaking, it's musical. People sing and play guitars and, and whatever. But really, it's a stage that could use mime, storytelling, poetry, uh, acting, who knows what. Anything that's suitable for this kind of setup and for these kind of audiences, I, I encourage a great deal. So, um, Brian Pankritz, that's how you pronounce your name? It's, yeah, um, okay, there's you nailed it. Okay, Brian uh, is a comedian. And uh, so I'm very, very glad to see that we have some other kinds of uh, other kinds of uh, performance skills happening in the community. And I'll give the time and space here over to Brian. Please welcome Brian Pankritz. Thanks, Mr. Churcher. We'll find out whether this is suitable or not, won't we? I like Jason's last song. I think he should write more songs when he's almost dying. Maybe you can reenact that experience more often and write some more dope songs, Jason. That was really good. And uh, this is actually the, the, the biggest crowd that I've ever performed at in an outdoor setting. So thank you for coming. It's also the only time I've ever performed outside, but we won't let that get in the way. So I am a standard comedian. I also am a food courier, I also officiate at weddings, and I officiate at funerals. I've got these little jobs. Um, the reason I like little jobs is because I actually enjoy these jobs. Up until now, I've hated pretty much every job I've ever had. Anyone relate to that? You just like, you thought it would be a good job, but then you hated it. Uh, I had this job a couple months ago, it was a one day job. Uh, I got this call from an employer saying, hey, can you work tomorrow? at Foam Fest. I'm like, have you guys heard of Foam Fest? No. One person. I'd never heard of it, I didn't know what it was, but I thought maybe based on my uh, past experience in sales, that I'd be selling something. So I, I was like, Foam Fest? What's Foam Fest? And she's like, well, there's foam and there's mud. That's really all you need to know. Turns out Foam Fest is this adult obstacle course. But I thought I would be selling mattresses to homeless people. <laughs> That's not what it was. It was adults going through uh, suds and over uh, obstacles and through these foamy things, these uh, and monkey bars and all kinds of things. And But what my job was, I found out when I got there, was I would be uh, lead management. I would be getting leads for a company. So I would be enticing people to come to the booth to give me their email address and their phone number and their name. Um, so at first, the job was weird, and then it got pretty fun, and then I hated it, all within five hours of doing the job. So after five hours of the job, it was a 10-hour shift, I just started tell telling people the truth. This one woman came up, she was like, so what are you doing? Well, I'm going to offer you a chance to win a $10,000 vacation around the world, but you have no chance of winning it. And I'm going to ask for your email address, your phone number, and your full name so that later we can inundate you with phone calls and emails to try and sell you gym memberships. Sound good? She's like, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> she can just unsubscribe when she goes home. Um, now, this is Shemanus. You guys are all Shemanus people? Most of you. Now, in Nanaimo, I, 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 I told this story. And I was like, how many people have actually been to Foam Fest? 
And like three people in a crowd of like 50 people put their hands up. And I wasn't surprised, because as you probably know, Nanaimo people are very unathletic. Do you guys know that? They're not athletic at all. Did you know for the longest time, Nanaimo had the distinction of having more shopping malls per capita than any city in North America? Yeah, who has time to be athletic when you go to the mall all the time? <laughs> Buying stuff you don't need, going to the food fair, eating crap that's not good for you. Nanaimo's not, not athletic. Now, I don't know if you remember, you guys are all pretty young, so you probably don't remember the 70s, but uh, there was this report that came out in the 70s in Canada that the average 60-year-old Swede was in better health and was more athletic than the average 30-year-old Canadian. So Pierre Trudeau, the Prime Minister at the time, he took it into his own hands to change that statistic. So he created the Participation Program. Remember that? Remember getting those weird badges for step climbing in school? A civic group in Nanaimo then bought a parcel of land by Bowen and uh, the Highway by Tom Harris, and they, they created a park called the Partissa Park. You guys ever been there to the Partissa Park in Nanaimo? One guy, because I guess Jermaine, you're not very athletic either. <laughs> and so the Partissa Park is weird because it's got all these athletic stations throughout this forested land. There's like um. One of the stations is a push-up station in the forest on wood. Another one is a jumping station. And another one is a pole climbing station in the woods. To which I was wondering, are we trying to create athletes or dancers? <laughs> is that over the line? <laughs> oh, my mother was a trucker. Um, and then they had this other station in there, which is like, chin-up station, but it's so high up in the trees, only monkeys can use it. They should have changed the name to Monkey Bars. Um, that wasn't that good. It's okay. <laughs> but you know what? That's that 30-year-old Canadian from the 70s, he's now 65, he could be here today. <laughs> and that 60-year-old Swede, he's dead. So we win. I had to get in shape about six months ago because, uh, like I say, I officiate at weddings. And this couple wanted to get married on the top of Mount Aerosmith. Anyone ever climb that mountain? Yeah, none of you because you're not athletic. <laughs> I wasn't either, so I had to train to do, to do this wedding. So um, I trained, we got there. As I looked at this mountain, it looks, it's like a three-hour climb up, three hours down. I'm looking at that thing, I'm thinking, Mount Aerosmith. This obviously wasn't named after that easy listening rock band, Aerosmith, because I'm looking at this height and I'm thinking, Pancrats, this is crazy. There's no way you're going to be able to do this. Just dream on. This is going to be harder than love in an elevator. You guys get the joke, right? Those are all Aerosmith references. <laughs> So then the, the young couple that's getting married, they're going, Brian, you can do this. Just walk this way. And I did. I got to the top. And it was the most sacred experience of my life. I, it was like I was enveloped in the divine. It was just such a sweet emotion. <laughs> and then, you know, we went down. And I was just wrecked. My quads were wrecked. My knee was wrecked. Uh, the next day I had to pull my toenails, my big toenails, off with pliers. 
But you know, don't feel sorry for me, because that's just how I roll. Living on the edge. <laughs> and now, if you're like thinking about your life, you're thinking you hate your job, and you want to get in touch with the spiritual, I suggest climb a mountain. You know what I'm saying? Get back on the saddle. <laughs> it's good for you. Get in touch with the divine. Now, other than getting in touch with the divine, uh, I also like drinking. Uh, you guys drink beer? Yeah, right on. You know, God invented beer. It was the monks that created it. Those guys worked for him. Uh, when I first moved to the island five years ago, I moved to Crofton. You guys ever heard of Crofton? That's like Shemanus' like, dirty brother down the street. And I moved to Crofton. I went to this beer fest. And uh, you all know why small towns like Crofton have beer fests and not wine-tasting festivals. Because when you're drinking to, dr to get drunk, it's hard to say long words. Like festival. <laughs> now, now occasionally, small town people will buy a bottle of wine, but they don't pick their wine based on the type of grapes or the country of origin of the wine. It's purely based on the percentage, the alcohol percentage of the wine. <laughs> and that last joke's not true. I'm just projecting. That's how I show up at my wine. Now, occasionally people in small towns, like I said, do buy a bottle of wine, maybe at a wedding, or the anniversary of buying their quad, or a celebrated trip to Cabela's. You know, there, there's a lot of good reasons to break away from beer and have a glass of wine. Uh, I also like uh, traveling. I was in Jerusalem a few months ago. You guys might find this interesting. So I'm in Jerusalem the same time the U.S. moved their embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And... Uh, a lot of the Hebrew people there are just like so happy about that. They love Donald Trump for doing that. You know, he gave them something, so they gave him something. They changed the name of the Jerusalem soccer team, and I'm kidding you not. They changed the name of the Jerusalem MLS soccer team from Beitar Jerusalem uh, Football Club to Beitar Jerusalem Trump Football Club. Absolutely true. And uh, so after they made that change... A lot of things changed for the team. Like, for example, the keeper, the goaltender, he started a different, trying out a different method for saving the ball. Whenever the opposing team would kick the ball at him, he'd quickly build a wall. <laughs> and when the team lost the game and they weren't doing so well, the fans didn't blame the players or the coaches. They blamed Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration. Pretty soon after that, Trump, he went over to North Korea, and you know what he did there? He gave North Korea and their crazy, evil dictator what he wanted, was recognition on the world stage. Now, in return, I imagine they're probably going to name one of those torture work camps after him. <laughs> I liked to travel even when I was young, when I was in my 20s. I remember I was in China, and I uh, had the most amazing experience. Talk about divine and spiritually eye-opening. I was in Western China, and I had these great experiences. I was dancing with cute communist soldiers. I was uh, singing with Tibetans. You know, when they sing, they put their hand here to create an echo. Um, all these awesome experiences. So then I came home and was excited to tell my grandmother about it. Now, she's very conservative. She was very religious. So I told her all these amazing things. And the first thing she said was, so, you dance? Because where I grew up, when I grew up, 
Like, that's a sin. Because we believe in the God that kept score, right? You do good things, he gives you points. If you dance, drink, play cards on Sunday, uh, whatever, you lose points from this ridiculous God that we believe in. So that was my mother's response, my grandmother's response. And it's just ridiculous. Alcohol makes God mad. I doubt it. What was Jesus' first miracle? You guys remember? Yeah, he turned water into wine. And it wasn't that evangelical wine that they taught me, the, the Welch's grape juice. It was the real deal. Now, the cool thing about that story, and I'll close with this, is um, so Jesus shows up at this wedding, this family wedding. Maybe 50 people were there. It's, you know, it's a small town. And uh, their weddings are a week long. And the host would never run out of wine. He'd be the stupidest host ever to run out of wine. So why did he run out of wine at this particular wedding? Because Jesus brought 12 uninvited friends. He crashed the party with his 12 buddies, and they must have just got hammered, because then they just ran out of wine by the end of the week. And Jesus' mom comes up to him, and she's like, Jesus, it's your fault. Fix it. There's no more wine. This is an embarrassment. So he turns over these jugs of ceremonial religious water for bathing, and he does this thing. He turns them into wine. Not as a magic trick, but because he's making a point. He's saying, this is religion. This is water empty that does not bring life. Wine is a metaphor for life. And if your spirituality is not bringing you life, then get a new spirituality. That's all I got for you tonight. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more of my stuff, you go to my website, hottubspaceship.com. I wrote a book called Hot Tub Spaceship about uh, the, seek, the searching for uh, meaningful truth. As well, I'm starting up some story slams, some moth-inspired story slams. If you want to hear about those, uh, just subscribe to my Facebook page or something. Hot Tub Spaceship, that's the key word. And Jonathan Scherzer. Bring it on. Thank you. All right, thanks very much, Brian. Um,